0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business, Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we give a voice to the women whose story is moving, meaningful, and compelling. We share their stories with the world so that when they shine, you can shine too. I'm super excited to have Robin Frank on today. Robin, welcome to the show. We're so happy to get to know you better.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Susan. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay. Well, I'm a native New Yorker, born and raised. Um, went to New York City public schools. Then I went to the Midwest for college. Don't. That's a long story, which I won't share today. Um, <laughs> I went to Ohio State University, which was a culture shock. And then from there, I went straight to law school. I went to the Washington College of Law at American University in D.C. back on the East Coast. And um, I became a practicing attorney and I did that. I've been practicing since maybe the dinosaurs ruled the earth. But um, yes, (laughs) Um, I also have a master's degree in energy law because I was, the last 10 years, I was general counsel at an energy company in New York. But Recently, I'm gonna say about eight to nine months ago, I made a big change. I was ready for a change. I'm at that time of my life, empty nester, supportive husband, ready to make a difference in the world. So I have become the vice president of diversity and general counsel for a company called Center Force and we go around the country to major cities, and we hold summits on diversity, inclusion, and all kinds of issues that women attorneys and women in professional professional occupations face. And what's really fun is most recently we have been inviting the men into the conversation. So that's probably it in about a nutshell.
0: I will have to say what a robust journey. Well, first of all, Um, Ohio State, pretty big football team. Um, I I hail from a big football school as well. Um, So congrats on that journey. And then going to law school in D.C., um, I have actually a cousin named Lisa Freeman who graduated law school about the same time. I'm not sure if you know her, Um, but she went there for undergrad about the time you were there for law school. I know it's a big school, but just in case you've ever heard of her, she's out there. Yeah, so that one over. Yeah, yeah. So she's a prosecuting attorney. Um, Let me say this. I love your new journey. I love what you do. Those folks out there who know me and what I do, that's my message every day is, um, you know, progress. Yeah, we've made progress, but progress is not parody. And we do have to have men as a part of this conversation. Otherwise, we're creating the equal but opposite problem that we're now experiencing. Sure. We have what, you know, the 60, 40 men to women. I don't want 60, 40 women and men. I want parody. So yay for you. I'm super excited that you do what you do. We'll talk more about that later. See how I can support you in that. Um, I love that you also said it's time for you to give back, you know, empty nesters. I'm going through that same thing right now. Um, your life has a little more time to do such good things and you've worked hard to earn the right to be able to now choose what you do and choose to give back in a way that's meaningful. But, so that's pretty awesome. You've had a really colorful path. Tell us a bit about your proudest professional accomplishment along the way.
1: Well, it's interesting. First of all, I I should have mentioned my kids. If they hear this podcast they're going to kill me. I didn't mention them on my journey. <laughs> Go but, ahead. Um, this is I have yours. two oh. adult children I'm very proud of. My son is living in Brooklyn. He's 25 and he Works for a YouTube influencer. He's a fitness fanatic, an actor. He's a Renaissance man. He's just out there making his way in the world, completely independent. And I'm so proud of him. And my daughter is going to be 30. I cannot believe that. And she fell in love with an Australian. So she lives in Perth. We're all praying that the fires get under control. Um, It's very tough, but fortunately, they're safe. They're on the West Coast. She married a wonderful man. She works for Lululemon, which is an Australian company. And they're happy, but I'm hoping they're going to return to the United States within the next year. So i they are not my professional accomplishment, but they are my most personal, wonderful, amazing accomplishments. So I've got to acknowledge them. But so it's I'm interesting.
0: Love, I love that. What, the love that you have for them and the respect that you have for them comes right through on this conversation. Um, I have friends in Perth as well. I'm hoping and praying that they'll um, come out fine in this or you know, survive and thrive eventually. So thoughts and prayers with your daughter and kudos to both your kids and to you as a parent.
1: Thanks Susan, I appreciate that. Um, but on the professional side, what's interesting is even though I am very um, proud of my career and I've had a wonderful experience as a practicing attorney and now, though practicing is only about 25% of what I do and 75% is hosting and moderating these events, Really, if I have to pick the thing I'm most proud of, is um, my husband, my second husband. I'm married for the second time, but it's been quite some time. We started a small business together, and it is thriving. And we're about to celebrate the 20th anniversary of that. Wow! So that tell me more. Tell you more. Well, (laughs) it's not nothing to do with legal. That's the crazy part. That's um, okay. It's um Atlanta's personal training. it's a fitness one on one facility. We have two locations on Long Island, and I have to say, uh, my husband is an amazing man, a great entrepreneur. It was his vision, and we decided to do it together um, we I was you know we both contributed financially to it. He was always in the fitness business. I used my savings as an attorney and we just built this thing together and even though I've always been doing my work and he does his work, I've always had a hand in it and anyway, we're going to have a big celebration this summer, I think and um, you know, it was founded in 2000, the same year we got married so we have a lot to celebrate.
0: I love it. I love it. So let me know when you're ready to promote that and um, I have a huge network out where you are. I'm happy to promote it among my network and so, you well,
1: know, I, yeah. I really- that so yes that I'd have to say is my most proud That that's the thing I feel the best about even though again I I really have enjoyed being a lawyer that that's the most that's given me the most joy
0: well sure it's quite fulfilling to be able to accomplish something with the person you love the most your best friend Mm -hmm. your husband that is awesome so offline we'll talk more about um another similarity in that regard uh, that you and I share yeah So tell me a little bit, um, somebody along the way inspired you, motivated you, taught you, helped you, sponsored you, mentored you. Who is that person?
1: So I'd really have to give that credit to a woman named Michelle Cohen. She is now 96 years old and still walks 16 flights of stairs twice a day. Wow. Oh my God. Yes. That's amazing. Um, she, I grew up in a building in the city, and she was the neighbor down the hall. And um, she just really inspired me. I, and the, she was so ahead of her time. When I met her, I was a, an adolescent. It was the '70s, and all the things people talk about now about being intentional and being in the moment and you you get in your life what you invite. She was saying all those things in the '70s before everybody started writing about them. And she. Got my head on straight. I had a lot of teenage angst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was a way too deep of a thinker for a, for a thirteen or a fourteen year old, and she took that and helped me to harness it for good, as opposed to driving myself crazy. Um, so I really, and she's still a very big part of my life. Um, in fact, I'm sleeping over on January 27th, because on the 28th, there's a New York State Bar Association women's committee meeting. So whenever I have something in the city, I work it out to sleep at her house the night before. So that she's is amazing.
0: so amazing. I love that. What a good, great relationship. Um, she led by example. Um, I, I too was a highly anxious overthinker all my life at every age and stage. Um, if it makes you feel better, it's supposedly a sign of brilliance. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hopefully. <laughs> there you go. So what a wonderful woman to have in your life and 96 still uh, look, I can't climb 16 flights of stairs and I'm busy. twice a day. Wow, that's incredible. So maybe someday we'll um, podcast her. That would Oh, be that awesome. would be
1: amazing. That really would be. She's something else. I'd
0: love to have her on, maybe the two of you, we could do a little conversation among all three of us. Um, so that's, that's just, I'm blown away. Um, let me ask you this, I know that in your day job and, and you're obviously passionate about lifting women and supporting women, what is some day-to-day advice that people who don't have the stroke of the pen power or the title, or what can we do to help one another just day-to-day lift each other?
1: It's interesting. That's a question that always comes up at our at our events. No matter what the panel topics, it always comes down to what can we do to support each other. And so, first of all, of course, you you give back and you pay it forward. You you're it's very important that you constantly look for ways to help people, especially when they come to you and ask for help. And, you know, what I, I guess my what I advise the most is that it's it's all about networking. Everywhere, every day, just like that's how we found each other uh, through somebody. You know, it's always, always keep yourself open to new experiences and meeting new people. And when people ask you for help, always give it because one day you might need help from them. So I have always from a young age cultivated a wide network of people. They don't have to be your best friends, but whenever anybody needs something from me, I go into my mental database and think, okay, who do I know? Who do I know? Who do I know? And um, I think that's one way that we can really help each other that's concrete, because of course having the right attitude, that's wonderful. But I like to know what we're gonna do about the situation. <laughs> so um, if you can always be open to helping others, others will be open to helping you, and always be ready to make connections wherever you can. Um, I think the thing that upsets me the most about people who don't want to help is that they see it as their sort of their as capital. As money in the bank and they don't necessarily want to give it away so they hoard it and I just I just don't believe in that so be generous
0: I love what you just said I am so moved I'm gonna ask that we connect on every social channel out there because just last night I posted um, a few ways that I think we can help lift one another I won't go through these now because this is a conversation about you, but I would love to share them with you offline and see what you think. Um, And maybe we could collaborate. I I believe that competition is the name of the game in sports, but collaboration is the name of the game in business and women need to start doing that. Um, We need to work together to change the operating system, not fight each other for one or two spots at the top, but change the system so that there are more spots at the top. I just you, you, you're making me, like, I have chills with everything you've just
1: said. Well, you just used the word, and, and you're right. The problem is it's systemic. It starts in law school for the law for the lawyers. I mean, we are competing against each other. You know, there's a famous scene in a movie where they say, look to your left, look to your right, because those two people, only three, only one of the three of you are still going to be here at the end. Wow. And, um... I actually am working on a new panel right now, which is loosely titled from competition to collaboration, which is going to go into all of that. So oh, yes, gosh. anything I told you, you had me at hello, Susan. So whatever you want. <laughs> you
0: too. I'm just shocked at like a doppelganger, another, like the, the experience is not everyone on this call knows how much you and I have in common. Um, but I feel like, Wow! There's a West Coast me and an East Coast me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love my East Coast accent. <laughs> I don't. I like
1: yours much better, but okay.
0: You're so sweet. No, I love it. It's very New York, and it's one of the charming uh, things about people who hail from there. So I honor that. I think it's great. Well, let me ask you. I know that you're very successful. I mean, we we can look at your bio, we can look at your headshot and your LinkedIn profile. You've done. It's almost like everything you've touched has turned to gold um, but I'm sure there have been times where there were struggles or challenges that you had to overcome can you tell us a little bit about that and maybe you know how would you get out of that how would you overcome it
1: well first of all let me just say that I'm not nearly as perfect as I seem on paper we all put you know LinkedIn to marketing tools so don't fall <laughs> for it <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, would, I would consider myself moderately successful professionally and very successful personally because of the beautiful family I have but you know nothing I think Facebook and social media can be a little bit dangerous because everybody just looks so perfect and happy but we all go through struggles and as hard as it might be to believe um, there was a very dark time in my life I lost my father um, my first marriage fell apart and I lost my job Um, and I went into a very deep depression and the only thing that kept me from really going under was knowing I had to provide for my kids who are only three and seven at the time. So, you know, this, this image comes to me of that time, you know, when I, I could barely get out of bed, but I was, Going on a job interview, and in those days I was still wearing pantyhose. <laughs> I will not put a pair on anymore. But I remember the feeling of getting one foot into the uh, into the pantyhose. That's that's what stands out. That's symbolic of that time. How dreary and miserable it was getting those pantyhose on? Yes, but,
0: I love that example um, of of a much bigger, more important uh, concern.
1: Yes. that's the thing I remember is that stupid day of getting those pantyhose on. But you know what? I did get to the interview and I did get the job. And, And what's also interesting is, and it ties back to what we spoke about earlier, is that I felt the job was beneath me. It was not where I had been. And Michelle, my mentor and spiritual advisor and leader in my life, was the person who said to me... Don't think of it as a job. Think of it as you're going to school and they're paying you to learn something. Oh, think of it that way. So, that, so instead of earning less, I was actually earning more as opposed to paying for school. I was almost like on a scholarship. So she turned it around for me. And once and she said, this is temporary. You're taking a course. You're in school. You're getting paid and something's going to change. And, and you know what? she was right because within the next six months I got an amazing new job and I became engaged to my second husband. Everything just turned around. So, you know, that nothing can take the place of my dad. I mean, he's been gone now longer than I like to think, but you know, my life came back. I got it all back. So
0: I got to meet this Michelle woman. (laughs) 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 I I, I love your example. I mean, the the power, the like it's a powerful powerful metaphor um on look i've been where you are what you just described i've been through um and i don't think everyone has i think a a lot of people have been through what they think is a tough time and for them it was like struggling to put those pantyhose on but for you Mm -hmm. to experience those major life challenges all at once or around the same time it's debilitating and the i can just imagine struggling to put those pantyhose on and accomplishment in your life of getting them on and getting the job. And that's just such a metaphor for such a, a much bigger thing, but um, beautiful, beautiful storytelling right there. That's incredible. Um, Thank you for sharing that. I can't wait to meet your friend, Michelle.
1: (laughs) Uh, We're going to make it happen.
0: Love it. Well, look, um, I'm sure that you have a huge network because we talked about the importance of a meaningful network and not just gathering contact info and collecting business cards, but really committing. Um, What what I do in my workshops and stuff is I ask people to commit to advise, refer, or hire, especially people you don't know, especially Mm -hmm. to, to combat, you know, affinity bias, you know, help someone that you didn't go to law school with or help someone that didn't work with you at your last job. You know, you can help them too, but help a stranger, you know, don't be afraid to lift others up. People that, um, don't look like you sound like you have the same background as you. Um, that said, you know, I know, I know we met through Marla. Sofer, I believe it was, Mm -hmm. um, grateful for that. She spoke at one of my recent events on December 5th and was amazing. Um, that you
1: know she's going to be speaking at one of my events in march so yes i'm looking forward to meeting her in person
0: wonderful you'll love her um um, i i i can't say enough good things about her she's a hard worker her her journey has not been easy and and you know no one's is we don't just go you know get on the elevator and then hit the top floor of success it's not (laughs) it's just pushing the button so tell us something surprising. Now, everything I've learned about you has been surprising to me because I didn't know you before today's call. But those who might know you may not know everything. Tell us a little something surprising about you that you're willing to share.
1: Okay. Well, this is um, something that most people don't know till they get to know me. But um, for some reason that I can't explain, I have a strong, crazy passion for all things Native American. I don't know why or how maybe there's such a thing as reincarnation because sometimes I feel like, I feel like I don't, I never want to get that ancestry test because I'm worried as long as I don't have it, I can think that maybe I have some native American blood in my system. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I do a lot, this is going to sound like I'm a do-gooder, I'm not, but I do a lot of work for Native American communities. I volunteer on the Pine Ridge Reservation every summer, and even though, again, I'm a little bit of a a New York princess, I sleep in a communal bunkhouse and a bunk bed, communal showers, and I drill and saw and help on the reservation, um, building ramps for wheelchairs and outhouses and bunk beds for the kids and It's something that really means a lot to me. And during the regular times of the year, I try to work with um, Native American students who need mentoring. Um, You know, one woman in particular I work with who I really adore, and now she's so successful. She was struggling with possibly going into a master's program, and we got very close, and she's unbelievable. She's now building a house and has an amazing job. So that's my little thing that i don't talk about a lot but that just i just the more you know the more you'll want to help and i've even taken some legal courses in tribal law and federal indian policy and it's it's fascinating we just don't know the real history and i don't know i guess that's part of my mission is i want to spread the words so we can I all have more
0: to aware. tell you okay so when we hang up from this podcast you're gonna have to sit down for the conversation that we're gonna have um yeah, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm, you know, this is crazy. So my son is of the same, cut from the same cloth. He, he actually spends every summer on a Native American reservation and goes to the sweat lodge and learns the way of the people and honors their history. He, like you, um, he has built yurts and outhouses and, you know, wow, this is just crazy. I'm getting uh, chills here. <laughs> yeah and and he works with the blackfeet tribe every summer since he was 12 he goes by himself he gets on a plane i put him on a plane and he goes out there for 21 days and experiences powwows and you know it's a very poor poor um underserved community and and yet they're they're true americans
1: you know yes and when we talk about diversity and inclusion they're almost never in the conversation, which is, is very upsetting to me. And I'm trying very hard to get speakers for our conferences who are Native. But, you know, it's not easy. Even with all my contacts, I'm still working on it. So. I am going to hook you up. I
0: totally know um, she's a powerhouse female lawyer in Montana, and she is a member of the Blackfeet tribe. Um, I'm totally going to introduce you. She's an inspiration In fact, at one point in my life, I was like, you know, my son asked me, mom, if you and dad ever pass away, I'd like to go live with this woman that I'm talking about, um, They're that close. This is, we have so much more to talk about. I think, (laughs) I know. I think the listeners are like, don't cut us off. We want to hear what you're going to say. But I think, you know, maybe there's another conversation, a public conversation that you and I should have on so many topics because Mm -hmm. I have been jotting down things you're saying. I don't usually do that on my podcasts. I mean, uh, I let people talk and I listen, and, and this is a an opportunity for you to share your voice and your story but this is the beginning of something way bigger and more impactful than um what this podcast generally is um which I already think it's a big deal it's you know but but I think we have a lot of work to do together um and, and I have you now I've put you on speed dial but if other people want to reach you Robin how how would they um go about reaching you
1: Well, first of all, everyone should know I have my cell phone surgically attached to my ear, so it's (laughs) not hard to to reach me. (laughs) I I mean, uh, it's so, seriously, I welcome anyone who wants to reach out. It's 516-241-9158, and my email, my email too, um, I don't want to spell this whole thing out, but I guess I will. So it's R-O-B-Y-N. M is in Mary Frank, F R A N K. So it's Robin M. Frank at gmail.com. And I totally welcome anyone who wants to contact me about these topics. I'm very passionate about them. It doesn't feel like work, it feels like love. So, you know, get in touch.
0: Robin Frank, you're amazing. I adore you. And we have so many more conversations to have. In fact, um, we're gonna say our goodbyes on the podcast. But we have a lot of work to do, lady. You and I. um, Agreed.
1: Looking forward to it.
0: You bet. You bet. Thank you, Susan. Yeah. Thank you for listening in. Robin is amazing. I'm going to share a little bit more about her in the way of a bio and a blog. Um, You know that I'll sync this podcast into the blog. But we'll have some pictures and we'll we'll give you a little uh, bird's eye view into Robin Frank's life. So thanks for listening and look for the blog. Thank you, Susan. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.